Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. On this podcast, we journey together in learning how to feel healthy, look good, and plan lives we actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is a very fun one with the one and only Ruth Cho Simons. Oh my goodness, if you have looked at any of her books in the past or any of her other artwork that she does, it's absolutely gorgeous. And this new book that she just released, Pilgrim, is no different. I was so excited you are going to hear in this episode like why I was attracted to talking to her about this book and all of those things. It's absolutely beautiful. Have I mentioned that? You guys are really going to like it because that artwork really takes you into a deeper place. We talk about all of it in the episode. It's so much fun. So I think you're really going to enjoy this chat that we have today. But before we get there, you guys, I have a fun, a fun little announcement. So some things have been changing behind the scenes a little bit. We've been refining the direction of the Live Well Anyway platform and all of that kind of thing. And I have actually got something brand new going on on Instagram. So I actually have a completely new space on Instagram for you to follow me if you are interested in wellness and beauty content. This has been something I've been wanting to bring to the platform for a long time and I kind of have done in fits and spurts, but I've always felt like, oh, I don't want to show up with too much of it because I don't want to annoy people who didn't come to my main Instagram handle for that kind of content. People who followed me because of my divorce or, you know, whatever it was. I just felt awkward talking about the things that I really love talking about, which are largely wellness and beauty centered. So all the different supplements that I take and the different hair care products that I use and makeup and skincare and lashes, of course, since I'm doing that now, I wanted a space to really be able to deep dive there, to talk about all of those different things, to show my life in a little bit more authentic way again of bringing you guys alongside me and talking about the products that I'm using every single day and the things that are really working for me and my family. It's going to be all about that. So only come over there if you're like, um, yes, I am totally down with that and I want to hear about it. I will not have my feelings hurt if you don't come over there because you're not into the wellness and beauty thing. That is okay. But if you are, I would love to have you come follow me on Instagram at MK Wellness and Beauty. So again, at MK Wellness and Beauty. That's where we're going to be talking about all the things. And quite honestly, it's probably going to be the space that I am in most often on Instagram, sort of from here on out. But I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be a ton of fun and really kind of finally give me the freedom to have a space to talk about those things that I want to talk about and Katie and I love talking about. You guys know that on those episodes with her and I, we're always deep diving into those kinds of topics. And so that is going to be a space for me to do more of that. So 
again at MK Wellness and Beauty. I would love to see you over there if you're into all that kind of thing. All right, but without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Ruth Cho Simons. Welcome, Ruth. Thanks so much for having me. I have really been looking forward to having you on the show. I have the digital copy of your book, and oh my word, it is gorgeous. And we are going to get to that more in a second. But as we are getting going here, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? For sure. Well, thank you. And I can't wait for you to get a hold of the actual copy in your hands. I know. But, um, I'm Ruth Joe Simons. I am an author and artist and founder of gracelace.com where I get to um, turn my artwork into resources and products that encourage um, believers to keep their eyes on Jesus. And we are grateful to send my, my artwork all around the world. And so I'm grateful to be doing that. And I am a mama to six boys and my oldest is 21 now and my youngest is 10. So we're in all seasons of parenthood, except for the diaper season now. And yeah, so we live thankfully. in Western Colorado. Yes. My husband and I have been married for 25 years and we live in Western Colorado, um, in the Southwest region where we get mountains and, um, deserts and all that stuff. So we live a pretty outdoorsy life, at least all the guys do. And so, yeah. um, that's my headquarters. And I work with women all day long with the grace laced company, but I spend my days with all these men in my home. So yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of my life. You sure do. I know my oldest is 17 right now, two boys and then two girls. Oh, uh-huh. And so, yeah, it is such a different season. Like, oh, thankfully nobody's in diapers, but now, yeah, thinking about like real world things and you're right. going to have to provide for yourself and like yep. all that kind of stuff. It's pretty wild. For sure. Okay. So I want to dive right in here. As you said, you have artwork that is there to help Christians and bring them along, but you've also written these amazing books that are beautiful along with being really practical and encouraging. And you have a new book coming out called Pilgrim. And I think what attracted me to this book and doing this interview was the line in the email that said, Ruth calls weary Christians to remember they are not alone. God has not abandoned them. And there is great hope for the road ahead. Because mm. I think there are so many weary Christians right now. I think it's almost kind of come to a head in these last few years. I think there's been a lot of disconnect from the church, a lot of disillusionment sure. yeah. with the church. And plus, we've faced a lot of really hard things. In addition to mm-hmm. what a lot of people are personally going through, there's been just a lot of craziness in the world. And so I love that you were coming out with this book that was going to like help people to be really well-grounded, but also come alongside them with so much beauty. And so I want to dive into like a lot of the, you know, practical side of that and, and everything, but for a little bit here, I just want to camp out on the artwork because <laughs> it is so stunning. And as I was flipping through Thank it, I was you. like, I cannot imagine how long this must have taken you. It took a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't always, um, there are some of my books that are just your typical chapter book and there's not artwork like this, but in my devotionals, in the ones that are meant to kind of bring people into short readings and times of meditation and times where they can meet with the Lord and feel like drawn into spending time with him. Um, 
these books I try to create in as elaborate of artwork as I can mm-hmm. so that we would just linger long because I don't, yeah. don't you think that we're just in such a rush all the time, right? We're hustling and we're running from one thing to another. And as parents, sometimes we're just in the car a lot, trying to get people to places. And I think we, um, we're weary for a lot of reasons. Going back to that word, I think we're weary because we're mentally weary. We're mm-hmm. disillusioned and we're discouraged. We haven't always, um, been biblically literate. So we're not always knowing how to even go back to the source of what should give us hope. And then we're weary because life on this earth in, um, among people who don't love God, that's just wearing. It's wearing to live everyday life. If you're a believer living everyday life in a world that, um, is giving you a totally different answer for what life's about. And I think that that's just a constant struggle for most of us to kind of walk through, um, what do I do when I've got these days here on earth? I, 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 I got to get up and feed my kids and deal with my inbox and show up for work and clean my house. I mean, these are all everyday things that we have to tackle, but the way in which we think about our days and the way we think about our journeys will impact how we live our daily lives. And, and I, I think that one very practical reason why I wanted to include artwork is that a lot of times I think we fall into the trap of thinking that God's word is like cerebral. Like we want to read mm. God's word and we want it to just like fill us up. So we know the truth. Like we just are like, okay, I've read that verse. I know it now, but we're not remembering that God, um, you know, calls every day to order with these glorious skies and that stars come out at night and that, um, things are in bloom in the summertime. There's a reason why God draws us to himself through visual and through the experience of what he has made. Mm -hmm. And I attempt to paint from nature so that when we read the truths from God's word, we might even pair it and see with our eyes that he has been drawing us to himself all along through all that surround us. And so I hope that the reader gets that experience. Absolutely. I was going to say one of my questions that I was going to ask, which you just basically answered is how does the artwork actually aid in the message of the book? But it's exactly what you're saying. It it draws you in. It helps you to have something to kind of like attach the words to. And and like you were saying, it makes you linger. It feels like a whole experience when you are in your book. It's not exactly what I hope for. for Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the diversity of all the different pictures throughout the book. I was so overcome, like, okay, I I open it going, okay, is this going to sort of be the theme throughout? But then it's so like constantly evolving and changing, but in a really fluid way. I mean, it's almost Mm -hmm. like the pictures themselves tell their own story as you're moving through it and you see how the colors shift, but, but coordinated, like it was just, it's so it just, it feels so thought out. And I don't know, like, as you're coming at it from an artist, do you just going, go in and like, let the inspiration lead? Or do you like map this all out beforehand? Or like, what is your process for even (laughs) doing all of these paintings? Oh, well, first of all, I'm really not as organized or as detailed as I want to be. Sometimes I'm like, just fine by the seat of my pants. You know, I'm trying to figure it out as I go for sure. Right. (laughs) I am not that meticulous, but I'm always content led. And so, I mean, if I had a choice between just painting beautiful artwork or writing, um, you know, 
the thoughts that I have that accompany the word of God, I would always lean towards the words because I really want that content to lead. And, and mm-hmm. so the artwork to me really is the supporting the supporting cast here, you know? And so when I'm writing, I'm painting, thinking through, um, the reason why it seems like, well, not just that it seems it, it is 25 different, um, sets of artwork is because I was attempting to, um, capture the sense of journey where we might be at the ocean's edge. We might be on a mountain. We might be walking through hidden paths through a garden. We might be in a busy street and I'm not going to capture every scenario, but I want the reader to sense that as we're reading this idea of how do we journey through life? What do we do when the road ahead is complicated or when we're on an uphill climb or we're in the valley that there might be imagery throughout the chapters that would kind of bring you to that sense of, oh, I I can see myself in this, or Mm -hmm. I know what that feels like. Or as you're reading, um, I think one of the chapters I was writing about God's grace being the tether that holds us, that, that keeps us from falling off this narrow path that we're, we think we're going to fall off the edge of the cliff sometimes. And I talk about the tether of God's grace, you know, keeping us from the beginning of time to the end. Like he, he just holds us fast. And as I write about this, this hiking through the mountains kind of imagery, you also see some imagery throughout the book that helps you kind of think, yeah, that's, even if I'm not a hiker, I could, you know, even if I don't spend a lot of time in the mountains, I get what it feels like to need the safety, this assurance that God's got me. And so that's why some of that imagery is landscape or mountainous or takes you through different terrain, because that's really symbolically what life is like. We mm-hmm. go through so many different parts of um, our journey in different terrain and different contexts all the time. Yeah. Well, and I loved, it was so surprising to come across like the Golden Gate Bridge and like <laughs> things I wouldn't have expected, but it was like right. every page was like a new, like, oh, I wouldn't have thought that would be in here. And it, it just, yeah, mm-hmm. it really does take you on a journey. I love that because I was going to say, I'm glad that that felt surprising to you because it was a little surprising to me as well. If you've read mm-hmm. any of my other books, most of the time I stay pretty solidly into florals and yeah. botanicals and sometimes with some like, you know, um, butterflies and and critters and stuff. But this particular time, I really wanted the theme to be so focused on this idea of journeying and mm-hmm. travel, like the, the name Pilgrim, the title of the book Pilgrim basically reminds us that it is, it's, it's, it's the name of a person who is traveling to a destination that is holy and is sacred. And right now, as they're traveling, this is not home. A pilgrim is somebody who is going like in a foreign land is not where they can settle. They're trying to go somewhere that is ultimately where they belong and um, we're not home. And so I really wanted this idea of travel and journey to be in each page. So I love that you notice those things. Okay, ladies, as I have mentioned, this fall is extra crazy for my family. It's extra fun in a lot of ways, too, but it is definitely an uptick from anything we have done in the past because not only am I now working out of the house, but we also have Roman working two jobs and the girls going in a bunch of different directions with all of their activities. So there is a lot going on and a lot to juggle. But at the same time, I've really committed to wanting to cook as many meals from home as I possibly can. But I need those meals to be 
able to be prepped and cleaned up as easy as possible as well. And caraway is one of the things that helps me to do that. I have had my caraway pans for years now, and I love them. I don't know what I would do without them. I only turn to them when I am cooking because of exactly what I mentioned. They are so easy to use. Nothing sticks to my pans. They just work brilliantly, but they also clean up so nicely because they have that non-toxic chemical-free ceramic coating that just makes it so easy to be able to wash everything right out of the pan. Plus, I know that it's non-toxic. I'm preparing my family food in the healthiest way possible. I don't have any of those hard-to-pronounce chemicals that are leaching into to our healthy ingredients that I'm buying. I just can have complete peace of mind that the cookware I'm using is not going to damage my family in any way, shape, or form. They are just high quality, well-made pans that also look beautiful. Did I mention that? They're absolutely gorgeous. They've got a bunch of different colorways that you can choose from. I have the cream and I love them. They look so beautiful in my kitchen. They've got all sorts of modern shades that you can choose from to fit your kitchen. Plus, they all come with complimentary storage options so that you could just easily get all of your pans and lids stored away in a way that you're not having to, you know, like lose things or stack things on top of each other. They've thought of everything. It's really brilliant. And they're always coming out with amazing new non-toxic products like their food storage. They even have a new prep set that is 10 essential knives and utensils designed for chopping better, prepping cleaner, and storing easier. They are always innovating. I absolutely love this company and I think you will too. So visit carawayhome.com LWA to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my listeners. So visit carawayhome.com dot com slash LWA or use the code LWA at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Yeah, well, I, I do have some of your other books. And so it was it was just like so surprising, but also really fun. And I, I think you really did capture that whole idea of journey. And so it, it was just it's so amazing to work through. Like I said, I can't imagine how long that must have taken you like give us a ballpark if you were just doing yeah. like one of the 25 like what yeah. did that take well i i mean thankfully at this point i really do have designers and digital helpers so like yeah not every single thing on the page is painted exactly that way sometimes the floor flower is repeated digitally so i don't have to paint every single thing that you see but overall i would say the entire process of painting was probably about six months and the wow. writing was like six or eight months and yeah. so the whole book i mean it wasn't like you know 10 hours a day every day but it takes um I would say every landscape you see, that is like probably a five, four or five hour process where I'm, yeah. you know, researching it, thinking about it, putting down some layers, working through it. And of course, sometimes paintings happen a lot faster, but for the most part, it always takes me longer than I think it will. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I sit down, I go, oh, I'll just paint this for 30 minutes when really an hour goes by and then a few hours go yeah. by. And so, um, so I think I had an Instagram post when I first turned in the artwork. Um, this was over a year ago, probably a year and a half. And um, I just remember holding the stack of paper in my Instagram post. And I pretty sure I said something like, there's like 850 new pieces of artwork in here. And I didn't go and count every single one, but ballpark it was somewhere right yeah. around like 800. And um, it just represented 
so many months of my life. And so, yeah, it it really is a labor of love. I think, um, it's hard to do books this way. I think it'd be easier to maybe pull some clip art or to hire somebody else to be your artist who just throws in some decor, but I try to make artwork. That's not actually purely just for decoration, but actually to help, like you said, with the experience of reading and staying in the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does. I mean, I I can't even fathom like just 850. Oh my goodness. But, you know, it also has to be for you, like such a time capsule. Like you said, it was so much a part of your life for that six months or whatever. Like it has to be sort of something where you can look back and be like, oh, this is what was happening when that I was painting that or, you know, like, yeah. And and you know, what's interesting is I would say this is true about almost every book I can possibly remember writing. And I'm currently, um, I'm always in a process of completing another project. And so, um, even as we speak, I've got a message that's not going to come out for another year, but, um, every time you're working on a message, even a devotional like this, God has you walk through the very kinds of content and kinds of things that you're talking about in your personal life. And so yes, the book is inspired by even my own journey, but my own journey is put through the test as I write the book. And so here in Pilgrim, there are 25 ways. The subtitle is 25 ways God's character leads us onward. If I could write a subtitle that is like super, super honest, it wouldn't have passed and they wouldn't have published it, but it would have been 25 ways God's character keeps you from giving up and dying. <laughs> you know, basically like I would have bought that book. <laughs> you know, some version of like, wow, when you really want to give up and when every feel thing feels too hard and your journey feels like it's dead ending and all these things that you kind of go. I don't see a way out. I'm not sure how this is going to work out. Why can't it be easier? And just to be honest, my behind the scenes is that I went through a season. um, It wasn't super dramatic. It wasn't that we had some major loss, but it was a lot of behind the scenes, internal things, both with um, raising kids and finding community in our new um, town to the changes that were going on in my ministry and my work. And a lot of that just put me through so many parts of my journey that I just didn't want to have to deal with. I didn't want to have to deal with the difficult climb or the unknowns or the, wow, why is it one step forward, two steps back? And so the truth is it is God's character when we feel like we're on a rocky path or when we're kind of like, why is this path taking me somewhere? I don't want to go. Um, Mm -hmm. That's where I really saw that the Lord was driving me to himself saying the very reason why you're writing this book is to meet me and to remind your reader that you have to meet God in the very steps and that you don't understand because God's character has this planned out. He he's got you. You don't have Mm -hmm. to figure it out yourself. And, um, I certainly learned that in my, in my writing of the book. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine because it it is about such a hard topic. And isn't that always the case? Like you pray for, for sure. patience and God's going to make you have to be patient. You know, it's like that whole yes. idea where you have to live it out. So I, I can only imagine what that was like. And I love that you... You draw in, like I said, this is an experience. So it's it's the visual, it's the way it's even laid out, the way you have like the guideposts stand out throughout the book. And then you even mm-hmm. tie in hymns, which like takes it to a whole other sensory <laughs> experience yes. of like really diving in there. So how did you decide to weave in that aspect of it also? Yeah, well, I um, 
I'm in my late forties. And when I was a, you know, in middle school, I got asked to be a church accompanist and I was a very new believer at the time. And our church sang a lot of hymns. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, this is not what I listened to every day. It was kind of traditional, but you know, what was fascinating was because I played the piano and learned the music and heard the hymns, those lyrics got stuck in my mind. And so then as I got older, whenever I was walking through seasons and difficulties, I would recall those lyrics because, you know, music does that, you know, sometimes it just, you just remember things because you start humming as simple as amazing grace. Right. I mean, if I were to stop and think about how amazing grace, the lyrics actually remind me the absolute truth of the grace of God saving me and not just like the, the most popular hymn ever. Um, I just realized that the hymns can do the very things that I, I can't live without. I, when I say I have to preach truth to myself, the hymns help me do that. And so sometimes it, um, Oh, it's just, it hurts my heart a little bit when I think about maybe younger generations, not necessarily knowing the hymns because there's beautiful ways to sing the hymns. Mm -hmm. There's modern ways to sing the hymns, but even modern hymns teach truths that, um, we sometimes miss otherwise. And so I have, um, all very traditional hymns plus two, hymns by the Gettys. And so there we had, we got permissions for that, but I have 25 hymns in here because I wanted the reader to see that. Um, and you know, we even have like, you can find, you can build playlists, but we are going to even release the playlist with this as well. But the truth is like, as you're reading the truths from God's word, there are hymns, beloved hymns that actually illustrate that very truth. And maybe you didn't make that connection before, but if you do, then you can not only rehearse the truth, by remembering the words, but also singing them back to yourself. And Mm. so, um, I wanted the, I I think I just really wanted this devotional to be almost as silly as this is to say it this way, but almost like a one-stop shop for us to kind of recharge our like intimacy with the Lord, where we're like, okay, I've been staying away too long. I need to like, remember that you are worthy, God, you are good. And there's all these different ways for me to engage with you. And, Mm -hmm. um, So that's what I was hoping for. Oh, well, you did it. You did a great job. I mean, it really just, it draws you in in all the ways. Like you said, it makes you want to linger in that because there's so many different things to focus on between the music and the art. And yeah, it's it's really, I can't think of a better word than stunning. Like it just keeps coming to my mind. Okay, ladies, this next partner of the podcast is another one that you've heard me talk about a lot again because I absolutely love them, and that is AG1. This daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health is something that I literally drink every single day. I can't get enough of it. It's like I'm addicted to it because I just know it is doing so much for my body in such a simple way. And especially right now, being on the go, things being so crazy, I love knowing that first thing in the morning, I can just grab a scoop of AG1, throw it in a glass of water, mix it up with my my cute little hand blender, and I'm out the door. That is what I'm drinking while I'm driving my kids all over creation in the morning to get them where they need to go. And it gives me that energy 
energy boost that I need. I notice such a distinct difference on the days that I take it and the days that I forget because those days that I make sure that I am taking my AG1, which is the majority of the time, I feel more alert, more energized. I feel like I'm able to focus more easily. I feel like my guts are working the way that they are supposed to. Plus, when I'm drinking it really consistently, I feel like I see a difference in my hair, my nails, my skin. Everything is just a little clearer and healthy feeling. There's just so many things that AG1 does to support your overall health. I mean, it's got 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality to give you all these major benefits. So if you are wanting to take a step to make your health journey a little bit easier, to simplify what supplements you're taking and just have it be all streamlined and feel the benefits from it, I can't recommend AG1 enough. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash livewell. That's drinkag1.com slash livewell. Check it out. I think you're going to love it. Okay, this is, I'm going to go back to another little technical art question because I have it open in front of me. And so I just keep like clicking through it and it's so gorgeous. So all of the things that are like the words that you wrote with the artwork, Do you do Mm -hmm. those with a brush or do you use a fountain pen or like, how how do you do that? Yeah. It's all with a brush. So it's with a watercolor brush. Most often it's like a, it's like a number one watercolor brush. It's like one of the smaller ones and yeah, um, yeah, it's all hand done. Well, you can definitely tell it's hand done. I mean, there's like nothing about it that you would think like, oh, that's a font. Just the way that it's it's like darker in places. And, you know, but the way I was just seeing like how it's like squared off at the top of some of the letters, like that's hard to do with a brush. I took calligraphy for a long time and like this, it's just, it's really something. (laughs) You did a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. This is another technical question. So was it the chicken or the egg that came first? Did you write it and then do the artwork or did were they meshed in between or like how how was that part of the process? Yeah, you know, I it was too hard to do all the writing up front and then all, all the artwork. Sure. Um, it wasn't perfectly set up that way. However, every I, I could not do the paintings without the writing. So even if it wasn't a completed piece of writing, I knew where I was going with the topic first. And so most of it was written before the artwork was, um, was painted. So yeah, I almost probably almost, um, all the way through before I started painting, which has to kind of be hard if you're like writing it and you know, (laughs) sort of the direction you want, you maybe were you kind of itching to do the artwork part of it? You know, it always feels so good to, to paint and be expressive that way. But I think, you know, um, for me, I just really want the words to be the anchor and to be, um, set before I try to flank it with a whole bunch of artwork, you know? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite chapter out of all of them that you wrote? You know, that's a good question. I, I, I'm about to hop on a plane and go do the audiobook in San Diego. So if you had asked me at the end of the week, I would have probably been able to tell you, but I haven't, um, I haven't read it all the way through recently to know which one is my favorite, but, um, I know that, 
because the 25 walk through the different attributes of God or God's ways, I mean, they're not perfectly all attributes, but it basically like for lack of a better way to put it, it's like doctrines about who God is. So like, there's just the foundational truths of who God is. So I, I think I would say in terms of hymns or in terms of truths, I, um, it's hard to pick a favorite when they all mesh together, sure. right? You know, God's mm-hmm. omniscience or God's um, sovereignty. But when I think about maybe the one that's most tender for me and what brings tears to my eyes is maybe even the very last one mm-hmm. um, on that one, it is the glory of God and the hymn is all glory be to Christ. And if you've not heard that hymn recently, you need to listen to it. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I got to speak. Oh, bless you. Excuse me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This is one of those moments where if we were on video, I would have put my hand up and been like, oh my goodness, it's coming. Yeah. Okay. But we got it. Okay. And so I think with that particular chapter, I just, as I finished the book and wrote that one, it made me really um, teary and emotional to recognize that just like, you know, I haven't read Pilgrim's Progress from beginning to end, but I give such a nod to Pilgrim's Progress in mm-hmm. this book. Um, in just the same way that Christian's journey was was tumultuous. It was hard. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately it was it was the the reaching home of like being in God's presence. Like that's where we're ultimately headed. And that where we're really what we're really longing for is never going to be fully met. Um even on our actual journeys. And so it's, it's him. It's the walking with him. That is the goal of these days that we are, we have on earth. And so I remember specifically getting to that hymn, and the reminder that the glory of God is the actual prize. Like that's the real Mm. prize, not any of these other things that in our lifetime, we're trying to achieve or trying to gain or trying to conquer that ultimately we're destined for the light that, you know, we read in revelation, there's no need for light because Jesus is there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think for my weary soul, it doesn't matter how many good things happen. I mean, this book is a good thing. Like I'm excited that I have a book coming out. I'm grateful for the work I get to do, but regardless of what good news or good things happen in our lives, deep down, we know that none of it will truly satisfy and that Mm -hmm. it's heavy. It's heavy on earth. It's heavy to do all the disappointments and the discouragements and the frailties of our bodies. Like those are all hard things on the side of heaven, but not only do we get to walk with him and he's, it's not like he's going, Hey, I'll be here on the other side. You just go figure it out. No, he's like, I walk with you. I want to be with you. I want to dwell with you as you walk this journey, but where I'm taking you is ultimately my presence forevermore and um, a place where there's no more tears and no more suffering. And so um, that's the goal, the goal of walking through, these are not 25 exhaustive things about God. They're just 25 that really stand out for me. And so as we walk through this 25, we realize the ultimate prize is the glory of God. We get to be with him forever. Yeah. And I mean, I, I loved what you said about all of that. And I think that like you're saying, so many of us are are weary. What, and I think you have a chapter, at least one where you kind of speak to this, but what, what do you say to the Christian who is like, 
doesn't feel, it doesn't feel God walking with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you, you know what you read, but you feel sort of destitute. Like what, what would you say to them? You know, I think about how, um, scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think about how you probably don't realize how hungry you are until you take your first bite Mm. of a meal. Right. And then it's like, I've used this analogy before, but I'll just say it again here that, you know, if you kind of have a twinge of hunger, but you go in for a saltine cracker, it might taste good because you're pretty good and hungry. But if somebody lays before you like the most incredible pasta carbonara and a made from scratch Caesar salad, and it's like this delicious meal, you're probably not going to want that saltine cracker. You know, it's probably not going to be nearly as because you've already tasted and seen like what it could be this incredible meal before you. And I think for a lot of us weary Christians, we, we don't realize how hungry we really are Mm -hmm. because we've been just trying to satisfy ourselves with lots of little things like, you know, like, I think I'll just take a few minutes and surf the internet and see if I can, you know, recenter myself and just feel a little bit better about my day. And you know, an hour later, we've wasted our time and we don't feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say to my brothers and sisters in Christ who may feel very weary that the first place to start is to cry out to the Lord and say, God, I, I don't even know if I desire you right now. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I desire the word. I don't know if I'm getting like what I need out of this. And so Lord, I, I just kind of need to meet you once again. And Mm -hmm. we always, um, get to experience that hunger and the satisfaction once again, when we admit that we're really hungry and that we admit Mm -hmm. that we are struggling to be fed and then to go visit the word of God again. And with new eyes, like I would encourage you if you haven't felt fed in some time, or if you feel a little empty to even start in the Psalms where Mm -hmm. the psalmist, the, the writers of the Psalms, all felt the way we feel. They all know what it is to be weary. They all know what it is to be disappointed. They all know what it is to say, I don't feel this way, but I'm going to tell my soul what to do when I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I really had to learn this art of preaching truth to myself, just like the psalmist did, because I don't always feel that way. And so if you pick up, if you end up reading Pilgrim, I would encourage you to take each of these truths and preach it back to yourself and say, God, I don't feel like you are all powerful, but teach me how to teach me what it means that you're omnipotent and that you're all powerful. Help me engage in your word and see the, see the character of God in a new way. So one to ask him, right. That's real practical. Mm -hmm. Number two, I would tell somebody, tell somebody who walks with the Lord and say, I am struggling to even want to meet with God. And I don't feel like he's near. Um, can you be have help and encourage me in this, because I think when we share that with somebody, we're made for community, somebody else will come alongside and encourage us and build us up and even help explain the word to us. So that would, that would be a, a major thing. Like, don't do this alone. Yeah. But then I, um, but I would just say, if you're going to go to the word, just start, start by reading in the Psalm, um, start with one of Paul's letters. I think going to Philippians is a really great way to start. Just remind yourself like, Hey, I can, I can really find my joy and satisfaction in the Lord because nothing else will do. And so, um, 
those are just three ways I would start. Yeah. I think those are great and super practical. And I think in some ways it takes a little bit of just getting over yourself, especially if you're going to like, I think, I think there could be a bit of a stigma. Like if you're going to reach out to someone because it's like, I think we kind of feel like we're supposed to have it all together or we're supposed to know, or we're not supposed to feel distant. Yeah. And so to, to reach out to somebody and do that. But I think that like you're saying that community that can come around us, it mm-hmm. it can make all the difference in the world. I know that when I've walked through difficult things, especially just over these last few years, I've said that like my friends who've held hope for me when I wasn't able to do it myself, and they were the ones constantly reminding me and and saying like, no, we will hold it, even though yeah. you you can't yeah. necessarily right now. Like that was invaluable mm-hmm. to me, and and having those people who can can do that for you, I think is is essential. I I love those tips. I think they were really good practical steps to be able to to work through. Okay, ladies, you know that I love skincare. It is like a hobby for me, but it can also be frustrating when you buy into a product that promises a lot of things and then doesn't really do what it says it's going to do. And that's why I'm so excited about one of today's sponsors, OneSkin, because I have been using their products for two or three months now, and I see the difference. I see how it simplified my skincare routine, and it's absolutely doing what it says it's going to do because it's founded by a team of four female PhD-level longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience studying the biology of aging, which is really what we want when we're looking for anti-aging products, right? That you know why my skin is getting older, like let's fix that. So after testing thousands of peptides, they discovered OS1. The OS1 peptide is scientifically proven to target aged skin cells, the main source of skin aging, and actually reduces the biological age of skin by several years. Their flagship product, OS1 Face, which I have been using, is clinically validated to improve firmness, fine lines, and overall tone and appearance. I've been using it pretty much all summer long, and I can attest, I feel like my skin is tighter. I feel like some of those fine lines and wrinkles that I have been having, I'm approaching 40, are toning down a little bit. Like, it's really working, and I love the way it feels on my skin. It is so light, my skin just eats it up. I feel like it looks perfect under makeup. It's not greasy or overbearing. It is just this beautiful light product that does exactly what I want it to do. Because unlike most skincare products on the market, One Skin works deeper than surface level and is designed to promote healthier skin from the inside out. So when you have healthier skin, you obviously have better looking skin. One Skin is for everyone who wants to prevent or reverse the signs of aging with a groundbreaking approach. One Skin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time for you to experience a new skin health routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code LIVEWELL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code LIVEWELL. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. Okay, so this is we're I, peppering all these technical questions throughout here, but I am very curious. I was almost surprised when you said you're heading to do the audiobook, which audiobooks are, you know, obviously very mainstream right now. I'm an audiobook narrator, like that's part of my job. Uh, oh, so I I I, I know 
yeah, I'm a, I'm a voice actor as well as a podcaster. So I know how that is, but you're book is so visual and so like all encompassing. I mean, I suppose if you paired them together, it would be an amazing pairing to be able to listen (laughs) to you and see it. And, but how do you reconcile that? Like you've put all the work in and like you said, the the words are really the main purpose of what you want people to get from it, but it has to be a little bittersweet to be like, Oh, somebody could just end up with the audio book. For sure. And it's also (laughs) tricky when you're sitting in the studio, realizing that some, some things may not make full sense, or you may not fully get the moment because you can't see the way I've laid it out. Right. And even, um, it'll be tricky to even do the guideposts, you know, the guideposts in this devotional are those, um, reminders of how the grace of God plays out in the character of God and how he relates to us. Um, those are, call outs, like there are specific things in the chapters and it's going to be interesting to read those. Um, and yeah. so, you know, here's the thing. I, I don't think I did an audiobook for my very first one, Grace Laced. And, um, that book did super well. And then I think the publishers realized, Hey, we really want to have audiobooks for everything she does. And so the, the full color devotionals definitely are tricky with that. But mm-hmm. I think what happens is that I try to write in a way that's intimate enough that it really is, um, it's a devotional in the sense that it really is drawing us into a closer and deeper and more personal, personal walk with Jesus. And so there are times when people, all they really have is to listen on their way to work. And yeah. so I do the audiobooks for those people, for the ones who sure. wish they could sit with it, wish they could grab a cup of coffee and linger along, but my hope is that everyone would actually have the physical copy of the book because you're missing out on a huge part of the experience if you only hear my voice. But yeah. I do record it so that um, we can serve those who really just need to ma- maximize their commute or something like mm-hmm. that. You know? No, I love that. And I think that's so good. And I just hope that those people have both. I just yes, really want them too. to have both. So at least if they're listening to it, they can go and turn to the artwork and see how beautiful it is and then get on their commute and listen to mm-hmm. it. But but yeah. Oh, well, I love that. And I think it's obvious that it's so well thought out and just the passion and the heart that you have behind it. And I can't wait to get my hands on a physical copy because it is just genuinely it's an experience. So well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Now we're going to transition a little bit into the end of the podcast. And I would love to hear what a typical day looks like for you. Well, typical is hard to describe because (laughs) I feel like seasons are, you know, one season changes to the next. And right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm in a, you know, media campaign for this book. And so I'm busier and the, and the rhythm is difficult. So that's just an honest answer for, you know, anyone listening that as an author, you do this work um, alone for so many months, and then you get out in front of people and you're traveling and you're podcasting and you're trying to get the message out and it's good stewardship. It really is good stewardship. I'm really grateful to steward this message, but it means that I spend a lot of time away from my family. And so, Mm. um, that's what the honest truth is that right now, I think in book promoting seasons, a typical day looks like getting up super early, doing my morning routine, spending time with the the Lord or getting myself ready for the day, making my bed and then being downstairs um, 
with a cup of coffee and with some of my older children before all the others get up. And so we have like different stages of meetings. This is the only way I know how to make it through a yeah. day as a, as a mom is that I have different pockets of time that I meet with and not like a meeting meeting, but like sit down and really share my heart or connect with each of my kids. And so mm-hmm. early morning is when we've got our older, older teens and adult children who are moving out, um, this summer, but they, this is the time that we have with them. And then when all the boys get up, we usually spend breakfast together. That's one thing. I think one rhythm we have as a family is unless I'm traveling, we basically have meals together. So, um, Mm. we, a typical day for me is that I, um, really work in deep chunks of time. And so after breakfast, um, some of our staff are local and they end up on our property where our headquarters are. And then a lot of our staff are not, and they're remote. And so my day starts pretty early when it comes to like work apps and Slack and things like that. And so, um, I work a very hefty chunk, um, through almost through lunch and then re-engage and tap, connect with everybody and, um, have a lot more meetings and things like that in the afternoons. And so currently in my current season, I really do think I work very much full time as in like, yeah, it is like clocking out, turning everything off and having dinner. Um, but in other seasons, it's really a privilege to paint and then go off on a walk. And then, um, you know, when you own your own business and you write books, I think there's not a whole lot that's super, super typical, but I will say, Uh, the average, the, the, the main thing is rhythms for me, right? It's the rhythm mm-hmm. of I'm always off my phone and with the family off cellular or where there's no Wi-Fi on weekends. So like, that's a very big rhythm for us. Evenings are the same way. We spend a lot of time together in the evenings. Um, the, another rhythm is I try to go on a walk or try to have some time where I'm getting outside and seeing God's creation every day doesn't Mm -hmm. always work out yesterday did not happen. But (laughs) my point just being that if I keep my focus on rhythms then I don't get so discouraged when I go through seasons where the days are long and I'm packing in a lot of appointments, for example. Sure. Sure. And I think that's essential. I completely agree with you. And yeah, for the entrepreneur kind of life, it's just, there's always a a flux to it. You just got to keep moving with it. What is one little way that you live well anyway? Just some little pre- pleasure or way that you take care of yourself in the midst of all of life's chaos? Well, um, you know, I am in my late forties and I'm aging in a way that I knew was going to happen, but you know, you start noticing little things about yourself and, um, you start realizing your hair is not as thick as it used to be, mm-hmm. or, um, that your face is, you know, just look at a little different. And, yeah. and it's not that I, I feel like I'm older now where I, where I appreciate and I love who God made me, but it doesn't, it still doesn't change the fact that there are times when I don't feel as fresh and as put mm-hmm. together as I want to. And so one of the things that I have learned to do to combat the lies, you know, obviously combating lies is a spiritual thing. Like I combat sure. the lies in my head by preaching truth to myself, but another way to combat the lies in my, in my mind about what I look like or how I feel about myself is that I get up and I just get fully ready, even mm-hmm. if I'm working from home. Yeah. So I take care of myself and I live well anyway, by putting on clothes that 
maybe I've heard going out and yeah. I don't mean like fancy. I just mean like, you know, I get an dressed. actual outfit. I, yeah. yes, I get dressed <laughs> and I, I do my hair and I go through a f- whole face washing and makeup routine yes. so that I feel really ready for my day. Because is that an extra step? If you're technically, you know, if I'm not on video or if I'm not technically needing to meet with a bunch of people, do I need to do that? Well, yes, because it, it reminds me to show up for my own life. And it yes. reminds me that, um, that I am going to do the most with what God's already given me. And so rather than yeah. complain about the way I feel or how I'm carrying a little extra weight or the way, you know, my hair looks, well, of course, I'm going to really not like the way my hair looks. If I just put it up in a ratty knot on top of my head and I don't even like style it. And so I don't mean spend hours. I just, mean yeah. This is one self-care tip that I've always, I just realized like I'm ready for anything if I just get ready in the morning. Yep. I completely agree with you, especially as somebody who mostly works from home. It is such a game changer to your mind. Like I I had that debate this morning, like, do I do it? Do I spend the time? And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, nope. It's worth it to me to be fully ready before I go into this interview of talking with you, even though I knew we wouldn't see each other because I yeah. feel different about myself. I show up in a different way. Totally. And I think that that is so valid for no matter what age you are or where you're at in life, just pulling yourself together really makes a difference in how you approach life. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? Oh my goodness. Okay. I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. They're not scary. I promise. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Cloth napkins or paper? Oh, paper. Yeah. With that many boys. I mean, I would have been really impressed. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I was a cloth nap- napkin person, but no, that would have been lying. Yeah. So. City or country? Oh, I love it. I love the city. Okay. Paper I live or- in the country, but I, I live, but you love, I the, love city. the city. I, do. I love that. Okay. Paper or digital? Oh, paper. Yeah. I mean, was there another option for you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? Oh, in the store. I am tactile. I touch everything. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. And what would be the music you would choose? I currently go straight to City of Light. Um, okay, this is this is when I'm needing to like reset my brain here. And City of Light does some really wonderful modern hymns that help me just kind of go, okay, I'm good. I I know I know what's going on here. You know, I I know mm-hmm. how I can realign with truth. So. Um, I'm also a little old school and I listen to Switchfoot. And so oh, yes. um, sometimes I I'll put that. Switchfoot on and I'm like, you know what? He gets me. They know yes. what I'm feeling, the angsty feeling. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, yeah, I, I had quite a few Switchfoot CDs in my day. Yeah. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports? Oh, no sports. <laughs> All right. That's impressive with the number of boys you've got. <laughs> Oh my Hold goodness. Strong. Well, they don't, they don't do, I mean, to be fair, they, they, they do a lot of sports. They're just not like your typical, they're not in baseball and soccer and football. Yeah. They are mountain bikers. They are, Oh yeah. Um, they do a lot of individual or mountainy, you know, they hike, they dirt bike, they mountain bike. Um, so those kinds of sports. Yeah. A couple years ago, my son transitioned from being like really into basketball to now he's pursuing film. <laughs> like, mm. oh, mm-hmm. I love this. Now we can watch movies together That's instead right, of sports. Yeah. Okay, live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? 
Oh, live broadcasting. What do you mean? Like story, doing stories or reels, or would you rather watch other people? Oh, 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 um, I actually really like doing live broadcasting. I just get nervous. I'm, I don't love being on camera, but I love the creating of it. Yeah. Okay. I love that. What is your favorite movie? Um, I think it might be the devil wears Prada. Oh, that's a good one. I think, I mean, I also can't help, but love crazy rich Asians, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's too close to home. Just a little bit. (laughs) I love that. Okay. And if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks (laughs) in your hair, where are you on the spectrum? I think I'm a three. All right. That's a good, honest answer. Mm -hmm. Not that crunchy. I love um, it. I don't think I specially wash my produce to get all the chemicals off. I'm not that great about it. Okay. Well, I so appreciate you coming on the show today, Ruth. It was wonderful to get to chat with you. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we will love to hear from you when you have another project coming out. I would love that. Okay. Bye. All right, ladies, that is it for today's episode. As always, you can hop over to MackenzieCoppa.com and click on podcast where you will be able to find the show notes to every episode that we have done. And that will have links to Ruth's book and anything else that we talked about today, including my new Instagram handle at MK Wellness. I would love to have you follow over there if you are into that kind of thing. It's also the place that you can go if you are local to me and you are interested in having your lashes done. I'm just going to put that out there. If you would like a lash appointment out at Loft 41, you can go to MackenzieCoppa.com slash lashes and find all of that information there. So it's just a, a good hub of everything that we've got going on. And I'm also happy to announce that next week I have got Katie back on the show. We are talking about more fun things in that beauty and wellness space because you guys know we love talking about all of that so she will be on next week to be deep diving into all of that but until then go be bold and gracious If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.